Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Yeah, Mark chapter 5, verse 19 is where I want to preach on. Mark chapter 5, if you, if you have your Bible, you can go there. We'll, we'll keep this. Is it okay if I prophesy in the middle of the message? Yeah, I came to declare to somebody that this is the, the season of drought is about to come to an end. You can stay up there, babe. I, I, I hope. Uh, yeah, you can stay there. Yeah, the season of drought is about to end for somebody. You're about to enter a season where no man, <laughs> no devil, no demon in hell can can backhold what God has for you. I came to declare to somebody in this building at the sound of my voice at Life Church, uh, what you sold with tears, you're about to reap with joy. Uh, I came to the prophesy to somebody right now. Uh, what you have sown uh, in tears, uh, you're about to reap uh, with joy. Somebody ought to shout this building right now because God is about to make a way where there's no way. Uh, God's about to heal what no doctor that can heal. God's about to get in your mess and make a message. Somebody say glory in here. Mark chapter 5 verse 19. Look at this. He's, he's an awesome God. Mark 5 verse 19. Would you stand one more time for the reading of the word? How many hungry for the word of God? Mark chapter 5 verse 21. I don't know what version you're reading, but I'm reading the New Living. Oh, there it is. There it is. Now, yeah, yeah, there you go. However, Jesus, no, verse 21, verse 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over, say cross over. Say cross over. Again, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, say Jairus. Say Jairus. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Verse 23, look at this. And he begged him earnestly, saying, look at this, look at this. My little daughter lies at the point of death. This is where my centrality of the text today. Say with me, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. Okay. Come, lay your hands on her. So my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she might be healed. Verse 25. Verse 25. Look at this. Look at this. Ooh. Now a certain woman, notice that. Verse 23 starts with the little girl. And verse 25 says, now a certain woman, so is speaking about females and not mentioning their names. That's important. Okay. It speaks about two females. My little daughter. And verse 25 says, a certain woman had a what? A flow of blood for how many years? 12 years. Verse 26. And has suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had. 
was no better, but rather grew what? Worse, 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him and what? Touched his God. Say with me, touch. Say with me, touch. Touch the garment. Verse 28. Uh, for she said, Ooh, if I only touch his clothes on, and right here in Columbia, Louisiana, I shall be made well. At Life Church, if I touch his clothes, if I can touch Jesus, I'm going to be made well. Somebody say, I'm going to be made well. Verse 23 says, My little daughter lays at the point of death. Come and what? Lay your hands. 28 says, For if I touch, I'll be made whole. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is life today. And as we preach it and we leave this place, people would say, We have seen God and been transformed. In the name of Jesus. How about you salute three people right now and say, Tell them, I need a touch. Come on, you salute that, that neighbor didn't hear you. Tell him, I need a touch. <laughs> Tell somebody, I need a touch. You may be seated. I need a touch. I need a touch. I'm a holler back preacher, so you better holler back if you like it. Yeah, you better holler. Say, say preach, young man. <laughs> you ought to say that. Yeah. If, if you like it, you ought to shout this way, all right? Is that okay? I need a touch. Now, six doctors in Harvard, the word touch comes from the French word douche or from the Hebrew word nagwa, which means when you touch or you come into contact with something, you do it with the intention of changing what you're touching. So notice this, in Israel, when you made contact, you wouldn't make contact with a thing you wasn't willing to change. Okay? So every time you came into contact with something, you did it with the intention to change what you were touching. Now, at Harvard, six doctors, they stood out to do a study back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And it was six doctors. They reunited together and they said, okay, there's two groups of newborn babies. And one of the doctors gets up and says, the study consists of this. It consists of, we want to know if touch has to do with the development of a child. So they said, one group of babies, they're only going to drink the bottle. But another group of babies, they're going to drink the bottle and we're going to touch them. Because after this study, we want to determine if, if touch has to do with the development of human beings. Six months pass. And guess what group of babies grew more? Not only the ones that drank, but the ones that drank the bottle and were touched. Then doctors confirmed scientifically that touch had to do with the growth of human being. That takes me back to Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that God started to speak things into existence. The Lord said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let there be water.
waters and there was waters. So the principle is teaching you is the same thing to see God speak than to see him do something. Because, uh, come on somebody, I said, is the same thing for God to speak than for him to work. Because what he says, he does. God don't got to put his hands on something. If he speaks it, he's going to do it. I said, there's a miracle in your mouth. Whatever you say, you're about to see. If you want to see it, you're going to have to say it. God says, I want to see it, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to see it. Somebody say, can you say it? Then you'll see it. Notice this. The Bible says that God started to speak. He said, I'm going to speak things into existence. That's why the miracle is not in what you make. The miracle is in how you speak. In other words, if you don't like what you're saying, you ought to change what you're, if you don't like what you're seeing, you ought to change what you're saying, because what you're seeing is a result of what you're saying. I came to tell somebody, you ought to change your vocabulary. You're not cursed. You're blessed. You're not the tail. You're the head. Somebody say, you're not. You're not. Oh, come on. Somebody say, I got a miracle in my mouth. Don't get mad. It's just a result of what you're saying. If you can say, if you're seeing it wrong, it's because you're saying it wrong. Because faith doesn't speak what it sees. Faith speaks what it wants to see. There's darkness, but I want to see light. There's oppression, but I want to see blessing. There's curse, but I want to see the blessing of the Lord. There is famine, but I want to see abundance. Come on, somebody. Say, whatever you want to see, you ought to say it. God said, I'm teaching my children a principle. That they don't got to see it to seize it. They got to say it to have it. In other words, the possession you want got to come out the mouth that proclaims it. Uh, that's why I don't need to have the down payment for the house. All I got to speak is, my God is the owner of gold and silver. He made money. Hold on. Before I got the house, I got my mouth. Oh, you got to get prophetic. You got to go into the land and say, I don't got to see the construction started. I don't got to see the plywood go up. All I got to do is say, my house is coming. My car is coming. My promotion is coming. My children are coming back to the house of God. Somebody in this. You better say it. Jesus said, I'm a, God said, I'm going to say it, but then I'm going to see it. You know why? Because faith is believing today, but seeing results tomorrow. Say it again. Faith is not expecting to have it right there. 
No, no. Faith is believing now to see the results tomorrow. saying faith is saying before I build it before me I gotta build it in me <laughs> yeah 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 before I see it on the outside I gotta speak it on the inside maybe my ancestors and my family members didn't have a house but it's gonna stop with me because I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna see it maybe they lived in an apartment maybe they went from house to house but I am different I'm gonna before you see that takes faith see because in the natural realm you have to see it to say it but in the spiritual realm you gotta say it to see it you ought to tell the devil say it right now what do you want to see say it I see my children coming back to the house of God. I see promotion coming my way. I see my business growing. I see the blessing of God falling on my life. I see the favor of God pursuing me. I see the blessing of the Lord. I see it. Touch. Now, the atheist asked me, he asked me two questions. One of them was this. He said, prophet, God, the Bible says that God created man into what? His what? His own image or what? He asked me, prophet, I got a question for you. If God is a spirit and a spirit doesn't have an image, how could he say that he created something into an image when he doesn't have an image? Yeah, he said, okay, if God is a spirit and a spirit does not have an image, how then could God say that he created something into his image when he doesn't have an image? Huh. I told him, but the Bible says, oh, because there's atheists that know more Bible than you. But they know it to contend, not because they want to learn. He tried to confuse me. And I told him, you got to understand that the Bible says, let us make man. The word us is a plural term. Say what we mean plural. What does that mean? That there's two or what? Or more. Where our belief comes from, Father, Son, there's two or more. In other words, when he says, let us make man, he's saying... Somebody in the Trinity has an image. I'm going on this side. I said, I'm going on this side. He said, somebody, one of us, one of us has an image. And 46 books after Genesis is the book of Colossians. And just in case you didn't read it, Colossians 1.15 says that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So when God was creating man, he was creating them in Christ. Somebody in this building ought to say, I look like Christ. I look like Christ, baby. I look like. Now, notice this. We're still trying to seek out this. 
Next question. He said, okay. But if God already has showed us the power that he had to create with his mouth, why touch man to make him? If he could speak things into existence already and things were being made, why didn't he speak man into existence? I said, that's good. That's a good question. Here goes the answer. For somebody at Life Church, you ought to shout after I say this. You know why God touched them? Because the doctors confirm that God already knew that in your hand is your DNA. So whatever you lay your hands on, you're giving it your DNA. That's why I got to touch man. Because the animals don't got the DNA of God. The sun don't got the DNA of God. The moon don't got the DNA of God. The stars don't got the DNA of God. The only thing that got the DNA of God is sitting at Life Church tonight. You got the image of God. You don't look like daddy. You don't look like grandma. You don't look like your sister. You look like your heavenly father. You better, you, you better, you better, you better not lose me in here. He said, he said, that's why I touched them, baby. Because I gave them my DNA. And notice this, Christ is what? The image, right? God and sin cannot be together, yes or no? That's true, right? That can't be together. So he, God knew. That when they sinned, they lost the image. Because sin and the image, Christ can't be together. And he knew that. Say, God knew that. So when they sinned, they lost the image. That's why he touched them. So they wouldn't lose a likeness. You'll get it later. <laughs> they lost the image, baby, but they didn't lose a likeness. Because image is something on the outside, but likeness is something on the inside. You might have lost it on the outside, baby, but you got it on the inside. You might not look like it on the outside, but you look like it on the inside. Uh, and Adam... Preaching or not, what does all that have to do with, with Jairus? So oh, you'll get it later. Just, I'm just giving you the introduction. Genesis, the Bible says that God creates man in what image and likeness, lies them down. What was Adam's the intention of Adam being born? It's because God wanted to become visible. Okay. The only reason why God created mankind is because he wanted to become visible. That ought, to, that ought to teach you to see people different. Because we can preach Christ without compassion. We can be churchy and not be compassionate. Because sometimes we want mercy for us, but we don't want mercy for others. I'm not speaking in here. I'm speaking to other churches, not here. And the Bible says that God created Adam, right? He created Adam. Now look at this. 
when, when they sinned, when they, who sinned first? Adam or Eve? It's not a trick one. Just, just, there, there's no wrong answer. Say it. Say it. Eve. Right? Eve. Why then when God spoke to them, why didn't Eve respond? Why did Adam respond? If Eve sinned, why didn't she speak to God? Why did Adam speak to God? When Adam sinned, when they sinned, they developed what we call the nature of the flesh. That nature was not known to God. Oh, let me say that again. God doesn't know that nature because he didn't create it. They adapted to it. The only thing he created from the dust wasn't flesh, was mankind. He built them a body, not flesh. Because man was a spirit. And everything that was created after him was submitted to him. So Adam was never intended to be submitted by the flesh. But he was intended for the flesh to be submitted by him. Because what you create first, you're giving it dominion over the second. And he created man. He created them a body, but they developed the flesh because of the fall. God didn't know that nature. That's why when the Bible says that he calls out Adam, Adam, where? Where what? Where are you? It's not that he didn't know where he was. It's that he didn't know the nature he went in. Because God doesn't know the flesh. So when he said, where are you? It's not that he didn't know where he was geographically. It's that he didn't know the nature he took on. Because he never created the flesh. That's why if he didn't create the flesh, how could he condemn man in a nature that he didn't even create? Oh, I'm crazy. Man. He didn't create the nature. In other words, he said, Adam, where are you? That's not the nature I gave you. I don't even know that nature. That's why when he says, where are you? He wasn't speaking to where he was geographically. He spoke to the place he hid that God didn't even know. Now let me ask you a question. If God don't know the flesh, how could he condemn you in a nature he don't know? If God didn't know the flesh or does not know... What's God's nature? What's God's nature? Spirit. He doesn't know another nature. That's why every time you act in the flesh, you're acting illegally. So we got legal sons acting like illegal orphans. Every time you walk after the flesh, what a legal son is saying, instead of living legal, I'd rather live illegal. Notice this. Notice this. That's what the Bible says in the book of Genesis. When he curses the serpent, 
what does he say? You will what? Crawl on your belly and eat dust. The word dust in the Greek means flesh. So in other words, he crawls and he eats flesh. So every time you submit to your flesh, Satan has a legal right to eat you because he eats dust. I came to tell the somebody, you better shake off that dust. You better get out that dust. If you stay down there, he got a legal right to eat you. But if you rise out of the dust, if you say, if, if you say shake off the dust and you rise up like the wings of eagle. Yeah. That's why he's it's not because he's greater than you. It's because you're still at a place that he dominates. The only reason why Satan seems like he's dominating you is because you're living at a place where he dominates. So the Bible says, the Bible says that when, when the, the uh, Lucifer, which was his old name, he had pearls. Read it in Ezekiel. He carried some pearls. I was studying this. I'm about to get, are you ready? You ready? You know that one of the pearls, I, I said, why, why would he go against God? And one of the pearls that was given to him. I forgot which one, but one of them, listen to me, you could see your face in them. You know why he sinned against God? Because instead of looking at him, he started looking. He started looking at the jewel instead of the one that gave him the jewel. And when he saw his face reflected in the same jewel that God gave him, he said, oh, this is not about you. This is about me. And he got casted out of a place where he didn't learn how to govern. In other words, every time you don't learn how to govern a place, you'll get casted out from it. And he, what, what did he have? He had jewels. God created man what? Second. Look at this. So that means when he fell, where did he fall? To the earth. And then God created man from the dust of the Where did the pearls fall? Where did the pearls that Satan had fall? On the dust. That's why the devil is mad. Because out of his mess, God created his best treasure. Mankind. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I said, God created his greatest treasure. And man. Lay them down. Somebody say, get out your flesh. Get out your flesh. Come on, tell somebody, get out your flesh. You weren't meant to live at the dust. You weren't meant to live at low places. 
The only, if you feel like Satan is biting you, is because you're living too low. You ought to tell somebody, you better store up your wings like eagles. You're living too low. If you're still mad about criticism, you're living too low. If you're still mad about people not giving you a handshake, if you're still mad about people talking about you in church, baby, let me tell you something. You're living too low. But I came to tell somebody in this building today, you were meant to step on, on the serpent's head. You were meant to kill him. You were meant to reign over him. You were meant to conquer over the enemy. Do I got some eagles in... That's why the only animal, I'm giving you some side notes. The only animal the Bible identifies you with is an eagle. And guess what's the eagle's greatest prey? A snake. <laughs> Satan is a snake. So your greatest prey should be a snake. So if you're an eagle and he's a snake, why are you fleeing from something you should be dominating? I said, if you're an eagle and he's a snake, why are you running from something you should be dominating? You ought to stand on your wings and tell the devil, devil, you can't get up here. His greatest prey is a, what? Is a snake. When have you ever seen an eagle try to kill a snake at the bottom? Never. He picks it up at the bottom and takes it to the top because the eagle know that he can't try to fight a battle where he doesn't dominate. That's why you're not winning the battle versus Satan because you're fighting at a territory where he's permitted to dominate. You need to raise him up. You need to pick him up. Am I preaching or not? Do you know what the snake's greatest weapon is? Some say his venom. Some say many things. Pastor Google <laughs> teaches you that the serpent's greatest weapon is not his venom, not his tail, but his breath. His, his breath. <gasps> because the more he inhales, the greater he can bite. But did you know that serpents are allergic to one thing? Ted Prophet, what is it allergic to? <laughs> Serpents are allergic to heights. You know why they're allergic to heights? Because the higher you take them, the more they lose their breath. <laughs> They can't breathe. So in other words, I came to tell somebody, if you're ready for Satan to lose his breath, say I'm going higher. Say he's trying to get your kids, but he's uh say he's trying to get your marriage, but say he's trying to get your ministry, but say he's trying to get your children, but they're too high. Satan is trying to get your kids, but somebody say it don't got COVID. It's that I'm living too high. He ain't got no breath. See, the same thing he can kill you with is the same thing he'll kill himself with. If you learn how to take it to the right place. 
I, I feel a in the spirit. I feel a in the spirit because he tried to grab your faith, but it's too high. He tried to grab your kids, but they're too high. He tried to grab your faith, but he's too high. He's trying to grab your convictions, but he's too high. He's trying to grab your marriage, but somebody tell the devil you're about to lose your breath. We need to be a church. See, see. But you can't get mad if he's biting you. Because you're feeding him. And in Genesis, he's a serpent. But in Revelations, he's a dragon. I said in Genesis, he's a serpent. But in Revelation, he's a dragon. In other words, if you keep feeding him, he'll become a dragon. The only reason why he became bigger is because somebody's feeding him. And as a serpent, he'll bite you. But as a dragon, he'll kill you. Somebody said, you ain't having food anymore, baby. You ain't going to eat me, baby. I'm not. How many more minutes do I got? You ready to watch the fight? You guys watch boxing here? We're having a boxing match right now. Because when you leave this place, you're going to understand why he's attacking your kids. That's why the next time the enemy reminds you of your past, remind him of, his, of the place he used to live at and he can't have access anymore. You know why the devil's really mad? Because he don't have access to high places anymore. I said the devil's mad because he don't got access to high places. That's why the next time he attacks you, use your wings, baby. <laughs> use your wings, baby. Because the only thing he can do is bite at the bottom. But he don't have access to fly at the top. Somebody say, I'm an eagle. I'm an eagle, baby. I'm an eagle. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 